Hello there, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to another episode of Cookie Cast. Today on Cookie Cast is the beer podcast. Beer. That's right. The pursuit of hoppiness is back with uh, with our beer drinking crew, and uh, it's kind of a kind of a, a special episode because uh, the brewery of the month is a brewery that we visited to do the old uh, beer tasting. How about that? Special all round. If you uh, if you love the beer and you love the YouTube, do subscribe, uh, click for notifications, drop a comment, tell us what your favourite beer of the month is. If you just like listening along, there's nothing wrong with that. But uh, you can also subscribe on uh, SoundCloud, iTunes, or wherever you get your podcasts. So here we go. This is Cookie Cast, the pursuit of hoppiness. Right, Matthew, I believe it's over to you. Uh, hello, everybody, and welcome to. The third episode, I think, of uh, In the Pursuit of Hoppiness. Um, and as uh, well, Matt's well introducing me, as he's cracking a can of, uh, of uh, something. Ah, very, very, very evil looking. Who's that? John so, McKellar. So this is, McKellar, uh, very nice. so, this uh, is weird weather. Weird weather. So, uh, yeah, I'll like introduce him there. The. Uh, Main proprietor of the Cookie Cast Empire, Mr. Andrew Cook. Hello! McKellar non alcohol beer there. And we've got Mr. Stuart Woodmansey. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. And Mr. Paul Williams. Good evening, gentlemen. Cheers as well. One for a. Mm. Yeah, a sour. <laughs> <laughs> right then. Um, okay, so we'll get cracking in. So we're back. So you know, we, we kind of just we me and Stu messaged about this the other week. Pubs are open. You can go to places that are outdoor. So a few a few of my favourite haunts are not quite open just yet because they don't have an outdoor space, but uh, they're getting ready for it soon. Um, we partook in. Uh, outdoor space drinking at uh, the new North Brewing Company um, brewery site at Springwell, uh, but more of that later. So we'll go to our usual kind of start, beer of the month, gents, or what is the best beer that you've drank this month? Um, I'm not sure, I perhaps I didn't perhaps give people uh, a, a, enough time for this one, but We'll perhaps carry on next month. Is we're gonna have a supermarket beer of the month as well. Um, so any so to kind of make it not so niche as uh, you know, right? Let's go and dig around in the back of Matthew's stash that's from a variety of small kind of one-off uh, craft beer haunts. Uh, what can you get in your local uh, local uh, supermarkets? And we're gonna talk about that later as well, just to kind of you know stir up a bit of controversy because we like that here. So yeah. Uh, Mr. Woodman, see, best beer you've had this month. Okay, so as we have discussed 
in the Brew York episode of The Pursuit of Happiness, I'm still in receipt of the Brew York subscription box, so a lot of mine may be heavily flavoured towards that way. Um, it's one of them where, like, yeah, I'm like, oh, I, I, should, I should maybe cancel it. And then they're like, oh, but these four are included in it. It's like, oh, damn it, okay, I'm keeping it then. So it's happened again. I have kept it. And it was my third month, so they sent me a nice glass, which was delightful. Um, but my favourite beer that I've had in the last four weeks or so wasn't a light beer. It was a 12% Russian Imperial Stout by the name of Dredis. And um, for those of you that are on the YouTubes, there I am holding my phone so you can have a little little look at the picture. Um, but I will endeavour to actually get this on the bottom of the tweets and subsequent Facebook posts and stuff, so you, you people can actually see it if you if you don't. And if you don't go on YouTube, what are you doing? Get yourselves over there. Um, as I said, it was an Imperial Stout, twelve percent. Thought right, this is probably going to be my one and only beer for the night. It'll be. A bit of a sipper. No, went went down quite nicely. It, it tasted more in the realms of maybe like a five to six percent beer for me. Um, just, just so smooth and like yeah, just make more. If you brew York, if you're on, just yeah, crack on, make some more of that, please. Thank you very much. Excellent. That sounds good. I might have to try and source that somehow. Uh, Andy. What if, what's your beer of the month? Well, weirdly, um, and I, I'm not sure if I mentioned this one previously as a as a favourite, but it, um, I, I brought this up to crack open because I'm absolutely well and truly into this, uh, the the these uh, absolute beauties, uh, the weird weather. Um, I'm enjoying it because uh, being a, a non-alcoholic drinker. Um, some of the non-alcoholic stuff can have like a, a harsh taste at the start or a harsh taste at the end. Um, so I've spent quite a bit of time trying to zone in on the ones that are just smooth throughout. And this one ticks that box. Uh, and, um, it's smooth start to finish. Um, and it seems to be the thing that I'm looking for in the non-alcoholic stuff at the moment. Because some of them, I, I've, I mentioned it on, on a previous episode, some of them you can be tasting the next day. And you're like, you know, it was nice at the time, but it's, you know, two o'clock in the afternoon and I can still taste it. Or for, for uh, one that shall remain nameless, I can still smell it. Um, so, the, I'm, I, feel, I feel even more wanky than if I was drinking alcoholic beer, because now I'm trying to find a, a refined non-alcoholic beer um but yeah the uh, the weird weather uh, is has been a, a favorite for a, a little while now uh, it popped up in a an order i did with um house trembling madness which we've we've mentioned previously and their amazing service um and yeah it's uh, i'm starting to build like a, a list of if i'm going to put an order in these are the ones that will always be there and these are the new ones um as i've talked about uh, things like space cake and stuff like that previously and that one is becoming very much on the on the core range of the non-alcoholics cool. <laughs> and his and his core range of non-alcoholic ones i like it <laughs> so there we go mr williams um, 
I'd have to go back and look at the uh, the archives of the podcast, but I think I might be duplicating my uh, my beer of choice for the month for the se- for either the second month in a row or the second time in the history of the podcast. But um, obviously, as discussed, we went to Springwell this past weekend in Leeds uh, for North's New Brewery, and one of the beers that I had at the time was the uh, the Full Fathom Five, and. Um, just a spectacular beer, really. It was, uh, I think it was the, potentially it was the final beer of the night, that, or the afternoon that we had, and just a just a really nice one to sort of send you off into the distance with. Maybe maybe, maybe enjoyable to enjoy with a, a cigar, even. If only. <laughs> would be the, uh, the, the best way to enjoy that particular beer. But it was, it was very, very nice. <laughs> <Yeah>. Smooth. <laughs> and yeah, ticked all the boxes for me, so... Very happy. Excellent. Yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will feel that energy. Um, <laughs> I can't. I cannot tell you how many times I have used that phrase this week. <laughs> to the point that somebody who lives in my house has said, "You need to stop saying that now." <laughs> so that might give you an idea. And for and for those at home. Uh, one of the one of the lovely servers, one of the lovely people who was bringing us drinks or taking empties away, rocked up at the table, saw uh, a lot of cigar action going on, and said, "Cheeky cigar, eh? I'm all about that energy." And then just disappeared as quickly as she'd arrived, and it was just like, if we weren't social distancing, I'd be high-fiving you into oblivion right now because that is just the, the best, the absolute best way to, to to just appear at a table out of nowhere. Almost, some might say, in a puff of smoke. <laughs> One for you there, Stu. Yeah, I appreciate that. Thanks. <laughs> my, uh, so my beer of the month is, um, so it's a, it was, it's a, it's a brewery. It's, it's a uh, a brewery called Shiny Brewery in uh, Derbyshire, which is uh, it's in called it's in a place called Little Eton, which is a tiny little village in between kind of Derby and the M1. On if you take the A38 kind of thing, and it, they do some really interesting beers. Um, I've tried them kind of when I visited my sister, um, and they're they're in a lot of the local pubs around there. Um, and what they decided to do is, for their thousandth brew, decided to do something really special, and they did. And I mean, and it was something special as well. It was a a triple New England IPA. Um, and there you go. Uh, I can feel. And it was just wow. right. It's everything. It's everything that you want from a an I, a, a triple IPA. Because you kind of think you know that it's going to be double figures, and what you don't want to do is you don't want to sit there and feel like you're drinking double figures because it just you just kind of think, oh, this is going to hurt." Um, whereas <laughs> it, 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 it didn't. It kind of um, it drank really well. Um, it was one of them ones where you think probably could have another one of those. I'd regret it because I probably wouldn't stand up afterwards, but I could definitely have another one of those. Um, and I just, it, it's a really well done. It's a really done well beer. It's a really well done beer uh, by quite a small brewery um, that 
I think it's one of them ones where if I see it in, a, in, in if I see it in any of the places that I go and buy beer, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll definitely get one of their beers because it's generally absolutely spot on. Um, I think like previously, I um, kind of one of the other times I visited, they did a really nice. Uh, another, it was a, their, their normal New England IPA, which really I should have thought about kind of thing. It, that their New England IPA was absolutely outstanding. It makes some kind of Patriots reference to it, and you know we can sweep that under the under the under the carpet. But um, but but that this that triple New England triple IPA was absolutely outstanding. And uh, you know I've drank quite a bit of beer this month uh, to try and kind of catch up, make some inroads into the stash. Um, you, you make your excuses now, Mister Moore. You <laughs> I looked. At, I looked at when I drank it, and I was like, "Wow, I can't believe I drank that!" Like it was like right, possibly right at the end of March, beginning of April, and nothing surpassed it since. Um, wow. Some beers got close on Saturday, um, and we'll definitely talk about some of those beers that we we drank on Saturday, um, but nothing surpassed it this month. I think so. Um, Mine was the same. Like I, I just checked the date on that then, and I thought it feels like it was quite a while ago. I, man, within the first week of April, and I have thought like not in a kind of weird like I, I need some help kind of a way, but I have thought about that beer quite a lot since drinking it. So, yeah, um, yeah it's it, it's definitely one that stuck. So sounds like a very similar situation. There's nothing. There's nothing worse when you know it's a one-off beer, and then you're kind of sitting there thinking about that beer. And every so often, it's like when you get kind of close to it. And we're, def- we're definitely going to talk about one of those kind of beers as we move on. Right? Well, being as Paul's joined us again, um, we'll move on to our focus brewery of the month. So we probably kind of gave away our like some of the hints and kind of subtle, kind of subtle or not so subtle kind of clues about who it was. Uh, but we decided that our focus this month would be North North Brewing Company. Um, so they we're all we're all kind of big fans of. I mean, their merch is very good, and their kind of I think the style is very good. Uh, we just need to do a, we just need to do an alcohol free one. That that's the kind of reach out that we're doing. So uh, kind of so looking at them, so they were founded by a couple of guys in Leeds who. Um, who apparently it's kind of rumoured that they opened the first craft beer bar in the whole of the UK in around 1997 and then kind of 10-20 years later decided to take the leap into making their own brewery Um, I think kind of from from things that I've read and stuff like that the cost was going up due to more people being interested so they're like well probably better to do your own kind of stuff um and the original north brew not the original kind of brewery was about a half mile from the original bar um and then last summer um they made the big move um well during the during covid really they moved they, they started to move all their stuff up to springwell which is more the northern part of the sea um to open this this new uh, brewery tap room shop outdoor kind of entertaining space all that kind of thing and obviously we went to visit um this weekend purely on the outside social distancing kind of side of things so you didn't really get to go in and have a good look at the brewery which will be you know obviously we'd probably be visiting again anyway but you know 
it'd be nice to go research just podcast research we'll just, map it down <laughs> just to get just to get the full picture you know but we're definitely going back just to kind of get to have a look inside and hang out on their kind of on their step seats um that are in there um but yeah you know i just think it's one of those i think it's one of the i, I would i would put them as kind of one of the one of the brews on the forefront of the craft beer kind of side of things in the country i think they they're kind of up there with the wylums there um and they're still independent which we'll definitely talk about in a bit um but they, you know i think they, they are independent they seem to be sticking to the independent kind of ethos um and just i think they just produce some really a wide range um and an interesting range of beers and i don't think kind of bias coming into it but i don't think they they don't do a they'll do a bad version of something but they're they're three three or four different lanes that they go into they do a good job of all all three or four of them um so um and then we kind of they, they work with they work with some kind of great breweries as well i know i know like some breweries are very kind of stay on their own kind of things but when you look at it they've worked with lervig from uh, sweden um finback from america Magic Rock, Brewdog, Vedant, Track, Wylam, Baskland, um, and then they work with kind of like local breweries. So they work, you know, you kind of think that maybe some places like, you know, maybe Northern Monk wouldn't work with them, but they every year they do, they hit the North um, collab. Yeah. Um, and then they kind of do stuff with like clothing stuff as well. So like I'm a big fan of the Pariah cycling um, kit and kind of just the that's going to sound incredibly wanky, but the kind of culture um, kind of things. So like the T-shirts that go with it and the kind of hats and stuff like that. I like the pariah stuff. So them collabing with them is like match made in heaven uh, well, for me. On, on on the back of that as well, like um, they do the uh, pariah paperboy thing every year normally, don't they? Obviously yeah. last, year, last year would have been canned, but essentially they, they get together with those guys and arrange... A big cycle trek basically around all of the venues um i don't know if that'll now be extended now that they've now got spring wells opposed to their original site down on uh, sheepscar grove but that i mean cycling for as many miles as it could possibly be between all of those different venues to me sounds like my absolute idea of hell but the, the point where somebody goes you get a beer at the end of it now that that makes it a little more interesting <laughs> Is it? Is that the one that starts at Magic Rock? Or? It, I don't know, actually. I, I, like, I, I thought it was just between all of their different venues, but, I mean, in terms of the fact that they've got stuff at, like, Otley and Harrogate, and then, obviously, the main stuff back in Leeds, it's not It's not like it's going to be, like, 15 minutes and then you're having a pint. It's a fair old bike ride, like... Yeah, yeah. That's, it'll, it'll definitely be something I do at some point, as to whether I can get me get my bike on the train and then remember that my bike is on the train as well so well i mean we can we can just make sure that we're at all the different venues as, as like <laughs> like water boys for you matt that's fine service, yeah i'll have my own kind of service car behind me until kind of some point where it's like yeah, yeah we couldn't drive anymore <laughs> <laughs> right and so what, then okay so we kind of you know obviously normally, normally we go through the core range and um, I've kind of put this into a particular order. I've definitely put it into a particular order. 
the first beer that I've wrote is the Her- Herzog, the Kolsch-style lager. I'm not a lager boy. I don't. I'm not a big fan of the lot. You know, it's it's fine. I don't rush to buy it. Would be the kind of thing. What a raving review that was, Mister Moore. <laughs> <laughs> it, I, I, it's obviously the problem is is that I'm not. I don't. I don't like. Well, I don't like lager. I don't, I don't like that particular lager. I don't like the light lager. I, it's just kind of no. any thoughts on. Yeah, whilst whilst I am clearly the same in the respect of I don't do lager, um, it's one of them whereby like a Chris, almost like a new Christmas tradition since uh, my first introduction to North Brewing, because they're not a million miles away from from me over in Hull. But like one of one of our sort of Christmas traditions has been a few weeks before Christmas, I'd venture over to Leeds and uh, return with a box of the good stuff for the festive period, um, which, for those of you that know me, will know that essentially that makes the Christmas period bearable. Um, however, obviously you, you go around to friends and families generally over Christmas on a, on a, on a normal sort of, uh, you know, on a normal year, and not everybody's going to want to drink, um, a, you know, an IPA or... Uh, or, you know, like a, a mango and guava pale ale or, or whatever. Um, some people are just going to want lager and, or like I say, Kolsch beer. And it started off as I would buy a box of beer and always make sure a couple of them were in it um, on the basis that I knew that if we were going around to the, um, my father-in-law's, he's, he's generally drank like a Peroni or... Um, Moretti or something like that, so I, I, I thought it might be okay with that, and those those essentially started off being the beer that I would buy and only he would drink, and then I've ended up having them too. So I'm not a lager drinker as such, but that is one that is palatable to me. So that that will will I, I, I'm sure if you haven't gathered from myself on the podcast already, um, you certainly will over time. But that that is almost high praise indeed. Um, for the for that particular lager, Paul's thinking if you put a shot of lime in, it'll make it all really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just just cut it with a little bit of cloudy lemon, and you'll be uh, you'll be dancing. <laughs> uh, then I've got Sputnik, um, like the I, an IPA that they do. It's you know it's a good IPA. It kind of is that yeah. is that is that the is that is that the APA one like the is that more of a pit like American pit? I'm sure they do an APA one. I might be wrong. Mm-hmm. But this is—is um, is this the point where? You, um, apologies if I'm absolutely cutting you off here. Is this the point where you were possibly going to mention supermarkets, or is that for later? I, w- I was going to discuss the whole supermarket thing in any other business. But, uh, okay. Okay, we'll keep we'll keep that then. Um. But you know, it's a decent, it's a decent IPA, and kind of, kind of touching on that, it is in their supermarket range. Um, I think it's because it's a an inoffensive IPA. It'll sit kind of quite nicely, and it's quite easy to drink. I think that yeah, it's a good, it's a good beer. Um, then Pinata, Pinata, um, that that's in their core range. That's a tropical IPA, um, and that one's up there with the kind of club. Uh, Club Tropica, the, from Tiny Rebel, I would say it's kind of 
got a it's a little bit more subtle I think with, with the taste of it um, it's not quite as kind of overly tropical um, with the taste and then kind of from Paul's kind of thing the full fathom five with the uh, coconut the coconut and coffee porter um, and that's it from the core range um, um, sorry I, I believe that product placement and all but you may be missing <laughs> something <laughs> I, just, I, was, I, I went fishing there and I caught a big big old fish <laughs> you know what I know this is going to do nothing for the audio listeners but there you go that, that is the sound of my favourite beer being opened. Surely that's doing everything for the audio listeners. Well, no, it, yeah, the the listening in headphones are probably calling me all sorts by now. So <laughs> Now they're thinking, ooh, time to go raid the fridge. Yeah, exactly. They're like, yeah. mm, 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 oh, yes. Oh, yeah, I'm just going just gonna to quickly... Uh... Can I go and buy it? Yeah. I left the best till last. And uh, you know, kind of did a little old switcheroony kind of thing there. Uh, just with the transmission... Um, yeah, which is their kind of like, I think it's their standard bearer IPA kind of thing. If you you kind of if you said to somebody, right, I want I want a North beer, you say right, well try you know, and and they're into they're into their craft beers and stuff like that. You'd say right, there's transmission, drink that, and that's a good. It's you know, it's a great beer to drink anyway. It was a good kind of starting point to then feed into the kind of the weird and wonderful stuff that they do, kind of as their collabs or their kind of one-off brews um so yeah i did a little kind of kind of digging around obviously looking towards the topic later um and i realized that i've, I've obviously i've had their supermarket range comes as sputnik lost cosmonauts a double dry hopped ipa which i, I, I haven't had which you're is strange out. you're missing out that is good and then the green curve quick ipa which I thought we had that, didn't we, in, in our tasting that we had at Christmas. Yep. And I, I thought I was good. I quite like that. Oh, um, I like that one. But I've not had the Lost Cosmonauts. And, uh, if, well, yeah, hopefully it'll stay on the shelves for a while. Well, not too long because, you know, you don't want it sitting out in there above 10 degree temperature uh, for too long. Um, but I'll definitely have it at some point. Um, and then I came up with... I think you know, kind of with other with other breweries we've mentioned, kind of less seasonal kind of beers. They don't seem to have a seasonal beer apart from perhaps like the Hit the North that comes out every the same time every year, and the Pariah Paperboy that comes out at the same time every year. The rest of it is one-off collab kind of things that they produce, kind of every now and again. And then also, oh, I, I, I forgot my other one as well. The the, the golden milk, um, triple fruited goes that they've done a rebrew of a couple of times. But this, some they're just, it's it's like the their beers are just outstanding. The, the IPAs, you know, we could talk about the IPAs as a discrete kind of group, and they kind of do all kind of you know, double IPAs, triple IPAs, double dry hop. You know, New England IPAs, they've kind of dabbled in West Coast IPAs with um, the name of it's kind of gone out of my head now. Uh, the Pale Blue Eyes, I think it was, wasn't it, that we had in the box? Yeah, Pale Blue Eyes, yeah, yeah. And that was, that was really good. Centennial, which that one's got a similar kind of looking um, uh, thing, or 
or, ornamental. Is that like, is that a West Coast one as well? I think. Mm, I, now, the man to ask would have been Mark, who came with us at the weekend, because his favourite beer is ornament. Um, that was that's part of the supermarket range as well at the moment, um, or has been certainly. But like, I I'd never had it until we had it in the tasting box just before Christmas, and. I, I saw it and I thought mm, it'll be okay, but you know, and and again as we'll get to when we we have the supermarket discussion, my take on it was, I'm a big fan of North Beer. The one that's in the supermarket that they're producing on mass, probably going to leave that to the bottom of the list to try. Well, that's my own stupid fault because after having it, I've I've, I've missed out because uh, I, I could have had more of it by now. Yeah, right. and, and then, so then you know they do they do some cracking stouts and porters you know they, with some really interesting kind of mixes um, they haven't really branched out into lagers um, but this weekend we tried the they, they, they've done a collab with the, a Hartlepool brewery called Don Zocco um, that seemed to mainly focus on lagers and you know, I'm, I'm, you know, obviously I've kind of I set out my stall before, kind of being a stroppy boy about it. And I've always always kind of avoided Don Zoco because they exclusively brew, they focus on lagers a lot. But after tasting their black lager this weekend, I'm like, well, I'm, I'm perhaps going to have to kind of have a little kind of review of that situation and try, try some of them when the opportunity arises kind of thing. I don't, you know, I perhaps... Perhaps I'm going to go out and hunt them, but um, I'm perhaps going to be like, you know, if you're in the pub and or like in a tap room or something like that, and one of their beers is on there, and you think, oh, well, you know, a third or two thirds or something like that on that will be, you know, it'll be worth giving it a try because that that black lager was outstanding. It was like it wasn't my, you know, it, it wasn't the best beer because there was other beer, the other beers that I drank, the sour IPA, which we'll talk about, was absolutely outstanding, but. That black log was the most surprising one of the lot. Where I was like, "Huh, oh, probably drink another one of those, and probably like have another one after that." If you know, if someone said to me, "Right, you that that's all you can drink for the afternoon," I'd be like, "All right, then that that that, that seems like an agreeable kind of thing to do." Kind of thing. It was a really kind of refreshing. It had that kind of like, it's got that you know, as, as, as kind of Stu said at the time, like. It had that portery taste to it, that stouty portery taste, but it was kind of light as well. Yeah. And that well, I I ended up in my uh, in my in my takeaway bundle of six. I ended up buying one, and uh, I realise now that that I've said that out loud, and it is documented that I have indeed said on this podcast that in in my history I have bought two separate lagers. So you know. Progress. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm. Maybe I'm being swayed. Maybe by the end of this whole experiment of the podcast, that I might be a, a Cronenberg drinker. Who knows? But um, yeah, I, I have bought two lagers, and both of them happen to be North Brewing related. So there you go. The pursuit of happiness ended up uh, in the, the pursuit of happiness ended up in the bottom of a glass of Stella. <laughs> hey, no, I'm still, no, I'm still buying buying t-shirts, not vests, man. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so yeah, it's kind of like I thought um, we'd kind of talk about the the kind of perhaps the beers that we had at the weekend. So like 
so I had the take down your art, the sour IPA that you you showed there, and that was yep. Uh, you know, I'm, I, I enjoy sours anything anyway. My sour IPA obsession at the moment is is on the verge of. I don't want to say out of control, but I'm like I'm actively looking for sour IPAs at the moment. I'm not buying beers, but if a sour IPA comes up or I see it somewhere, I'm like. Well, if I can parcel that up with a few more sour IPAs, I'll slip that into the fridge. Where where does that sit for you though? Because obviously, like in in like the history of of me being introduced to like craft beer and stuff. First off, you, you generally have an IPA, and then at some point, somebody's like, "Oh, have you had a sour?" And it, it's two very different drinks. Like, especially from. You know, we've got this far into the podcast, and we've not mentioned a triple fruit with goes yet, which is their like pretty much one of their signature things. Like that, to me, is is essentially it, like some of the sours are just like drinking a smoothie, but the sour IPAs are a, a, a different beast altogether. In the sense of, like, if you get a good sour IPA, it should be the best of both worlds. In the sense of you, you get that kind of like hit at like the back and the sides of your tongue. But then also at the same time, it's then feeding through like the IPA bitterness as well at some point, and like yeah, to to get that to get that balance is like to get it right is something special. But like again, I don't know what sort of sorcery they do around all this brewing kit. I, I would haven't you know. I, not presume, I presume due to the fact that there's, I presume due to the fact there's not many of them about, it must be a difficult brewing process. Yeah, you know, we yeah you know, we've talked about it before. I had there's a there's, there's a while and what there's a, a a while and one that they did a while back, which was uh, in every dream house a heartache, which was fantastic. I had the uh, Almasti Brewing Company Vision, which was sour a sour IPA, and that gave the uh, triple the New England triple IPA. That was what it was close between those two because that was awesome and then that one the other day and i think you're right it's that kind of sometimes if you drink a lot of ipas or you drink a lot of yeah if you drink a lot of ipas it can get like not stodgy but it can get a look to the point where you're like christ there's a lot of hops you know where like kind of paul's usual kind of thing oh that was a real punch around the chops and it's kind of like you kind of get to the point where you're like oh, i feel a little bit groggy because you've taken a few of those kind of punches and Obviously, the, the, the ABV is high. I just think that sour IPA has got that kind of like, it's got that freshness to it. Um, but that I, that IPA t- taste that you're looking for, I mean, I'm I, I'm really into the triple fruited gozes. Um, but sometimes it does feel like you're drinking kind of fizzy alcoholic juice kind of thing. And um and it, it, you know, it's not a bad thing, but it's um, it, you know, I think that sour IPA kind of brings it back to. Oh God, it's going to sound really bad, like grown up drinking. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> um, that and that that side of things. Um, but yeah, right, and yeah. So I and I was I kind of so we kind of like the lagers. They've got the two that we've seen. I haven't tried the Springwell one because that's a that's a lager as well, isn't it? Springwell pills, yeah. Um, again, I know Mark, who was with us at the weekend, is is a big fan of the Springwell pills. Um, I wasn't brave enough to try it at the weekend, but again, mm-hmm. after the, after the whole dark lager experiment, 
that's one probably for next time. But um, I thought the kind of last thing I thought we talk about, well, in terms of their beer styles, and Stu kind of um, mentioned it, like alluded to it there, is the triple triple fruited gozes, because that is, it wasn't a style of beer that I drank before. Um, it wouldn't have been a style of beer that I would have gone out of my way to find. And now it is. I'm always a kind of a little bit gutted that I don't have a goes. If I haven't got a, a goes or a, or a sour beer in the fridge, I'm always like, it's a bit disappointing. Or if like you know, if I look at like my next kind of next beers that are on deck, and I'm like, oh, there's 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 no there's no sours in there. I'm I'm kind of always a little bit like, got to try and sneak one in somehow kind of thing and uh, they're just they're just amazing I mean I've got this one is the this is one they did their own it's high windows it's got raspberry blackberry and cacao um, and it's excellent um, I bought the golden milk this weekend which is some, one that I buy regularly which is absolutely they're, just, they're, just, they're absolutely fantastic um, I can't you know I can't really with anything the year uh, i've got for the lervig um and we can perhaps move on to the rebrew list or rebrews please um section and i i mean i don't want to step on anybody I, I mean i've got a list it's 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 a big list um <laughs> the lervig the lervig triple fruity goes with the blueberry and lingonberry uh is a particular kind of one that I, that was just amazing and I was like, well, what's Lingonberry? And that was one that I had. I had it at uh, the Atom uh, Bar when we went there. I've had it at the North Bar when I've been in there. I've had it in the can multiple times. You know, it was one of the ones where you're like, well, I better get an extra one because I know that's not coming back and I quite like another one of those kind of thing. It's, it's very, very good. Yeah. I I'm, I just I just had a little look back on the old untapped, and I'm actually disappointed as to how many I've missed. There has been so many more than I've even known about. Ah, oh. triple, triple fruit it goes. Um, a particular one that I have missed: mango, blueberry, and raspberry. Yes, please. Um, but I I think the was your first triple fruit it goes experience craft beer calling. It, it probably was. It was probably golden milk. I craft beer calling. Because I, I seem to think the first year, when it was when it was just me and you, that our first beer of the night was a triple fruit it goes. But I think that was mango and something. No, oh, right, not the I white. Mean, was it? Was it? Was it mango? Was it? Mm, I'm sure it was mango, mango or was it mango thing. Anyway, that's kind of not important now. But they had they have rebrewed just a straight up mango on its own which is the can that I was uh, parading around earlier on um, also had some of that from the tap at the weekend, very nice um, if I was going to if I was going to pick a particular triple fruit it goes for them to rebrew for me personally it's the one with the made up name it was in a, uh, a gold and purple can and it was the, uh, the boysenberry which was a little bit of a Christmassy uh, element, I think, but it was that was something that was brewed for their fourth birthday. Um, Boysenberry, it says, 
on the on the listing. It says it's a fruit they've always sampled to use in the TFG series, but never gone for it because of its availability. But then yet yeah, they did it and they did it bloody well. Um, so it's it had blackcurrant, blackberry, raspberry, and loganberry, and it had like a almost almost like a yogurty kind of thickness to it. Fruit, fruity as like um, I know that fruit based beers aren't always for everybody but if, if, if I'm picking a TFG for, for the rebrew it would be that one for me um, Matt almost kind of alluded to my stuff uh, my, my other ones if it wasn't a TFG that I wanted them to, to, to rebrew it would have been a hit the north from uh, what I consider north brewing's early days uh, when I first discovered them, um, they did a Hit the North collaboration with Northern Monk. And the collaboration from the Northern Monk side um, was a black, essentially a coffee, coffee black IPA, as they called it. And from the North side, it was a white coffee. Um, and they absolutely nailed this on, on every level. The beer was amazing. The artwork on the cans was 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 brilliant. Like if you bought both of the beers and put the artwork on the cans together, it was a map that showed you the the route from Northern Monk to North Bruin at the time uh, in the in the old uh, Sheepscar Grove location. But just every everything about that, like I loved that beer. Um, that that was also my first growler experience. I had a, a growler of the white coffee. Um, beer so yeah just yeah yes please <laughs> yeah that, that wasn't what you were thinking mr cook if everybody if if, if everybody had a coffee flavored first growler experience secondary school sex ed would be a very different lesson <laughs> i i didn't, I didn't want to throw you off, throw you off your your um rhythm uh, so I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't want to say anything, but uh, yeah, I don't think I, I, I can't say I think beer when I hear the word growler. So uh. I, w- I was, I was going to say if you know if you're listening to us for the first time because you have a mild interest in beer and you're not sure what a growler is, definitely don't Google it. <laughs> the uh, um, Paul recommended the Brew Brothers uh, series on um, on Netflix. And it's a take a growler, leave a growler, which uh, <laughs> is, uh, in America, growler means something else. Still yeah. kind of unpleasant. Um, <laughs> not something you want to drink. Um, I, threw, I, I threw in there as well, the Lurvig, the Lurvig triple fruity grow, fruity girls would be good. Um, the Jasmine tea one as well that they did was, uh, excellent. was that the Bow Boy? Was that the Bow Boy one, the, the collab? It was, um... Man, how am I going to find that one? Um, uh, that back into my head, that one. To be honest, it was like it kind of it just came up into when we were talking about them. And while you're looking for those, the other two that oh, I was got it. It was it? It, that one wasn't actually according to the, the the results that wasn't part of the TFG series. Um, however, it was an IPA and it said fleshy peach and the tartness from lychee and. Um, yes, please. That was also very good. Enjoyed that. The other two I put in there was the double dry hopped transmission, which was just that was insane. That was absolutely bonkers. 
and then the Finback collab that they did, which was uh, a New England Imperial Double IPA. Please, please, please collab with Finback again because that was awesome. Excellent. What have you moved on to there, uh, Andy? So we, so we had a conversation about this the other day. Um, I got I got caught up in a uh, here buy buy some beer from us and you know use this code and it'll cost you five pounds and I was like okay and it was like and free postage they've obviously been listening to the uh, listening to the podcast and know how to get me so they were like should be it should be ten pounds for for five cans uh, but tell you what you can have it you you young man can have it for five pounds and free postage I'm like. I'm absolutely taking a punt on that. Now then, this is a bit of a pro and pros and cons kind of situation. So, the advert showed five different cans. Uh, uh, before I go any further, the, it's these people. They do. Uh, they do. They do this. This is the one I'm drinking currently. Um, they showed five different things on the advert. Obviously, the box turned up, and I got two of these. Two lagers and a uh, and a citrus. So I was like, I'm going to have to do something about those lagers. Um, so I cracked one of those open uh, the other night, and it was um, it's that thing. What's that? Oh, it was, that's right. It was fucking awful. Um, you know, because because it was non-alcoholic lager. It, it it just it was like how wrong would it be to pour this away since it basically cost me a pound if i'm honest i brought this up because i was working on the principle that if the lager was that bad that a uh, a smashed pail uh wasn't going to be amazing now when i poured it i was like what has gone on here that is not a pale ale. <laughs> that's like an amber or So that's dark. I don't know if it, I don't know how it's coming across like video wise, but that is dark. So I'm like, it looks, I'm like, lo- a, it looks like a brown ale. Yeah. Bit of brood. Yeah. So I'm looking at the I'm looking at what's poured into the glass. I'm looking at the can, I'm like, something's gone wrong here. So I'm reading it. And 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 the weirdest thing is, what I can tell you when I, from trying it. I want to tell you I don't like it, and I want to tell you it's not very nice, <laughs> but I can't. I keep I keep sipping it, going. So apparently, this has got a hoppy and tropical aroma, and taste is tropical with a caramel undertone, and that caramel undertone is pulling me in. Because every time I go, oh, I don't like. Oh, it's actually quite nice. Um, so, <laughs> craftily brewed pale ale with hops, barley, and tropical notes. Uh, it is one of the few that I've come across that is absolutely zero percent. You generally see a you know between zero and not point five. Every now and then you get a not point three sort of thing. Um, but because of the way it's poured and because of the way it's tasted, I've now read every single thing on the can. I've also looked up the company again. I'm like, I wonder, if I, I wonder how much it costs to order because I'm pretty sure I got a ten percent thing. <laughs> and now I'm like, I wonder what that's. Wonder what that citrus one's going to be like. 
so that's what I've that's what I've cracked open there, and uh, I, mean, I, I want to tell you I don't like it, but I can't. If, if Smash Smashed absolutely happen to be listening to the podcast, if they want to uh, to send you some more, that would be gratefully accepted. Right? I, I wouldn't be able to accept <laughs> them unless uh, you know, unless they sent me loads. <laughs> Um, just to kind of finish up, finish up the North talk. Um, I think they're styling. Again, we talked about this before that on the previous kind of podcast. Again, the artwork that goes with the uh, with all the with all the cans and stuff like that is absolutely fantastic. With um, oh, well, then. the glasses, yeah. um, the artwork. You know, they they kind of spoke about they do their own, but they also let the people that they collab with do the design for their. Um, <laughs> I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry to cut you off. Do we side on the live on the podcast this I mean, evening? I, d- I don't want to like um, to, to quote the wrestling podcast break cafe, but we we actually record this on a school night, and Paul's just Paul's just, Paul's just cracked a triple IPA. Where did, you, where, did you get that this weekend? Or no, that's that's one that was in the box, Mister Moore. You have that from me. All right. I mean, it's in it's in the fridge, so I'll, oh, yeah, I recognise the thing. Right then, so let's move on to. Oh, he won't be. He won't, he won't be seeing that for a couple of months. Oh no, no, no! I've got. I mean, July's a heavy month. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a lot. Of, there's a lot of beers to be drank in there in July. All right then. Right then, let's. Matthew's ABV is right. I'm going to win this week. Right then. So the first one is, and I kind of get a feeling maybe, maybe someone might have heard this one before. The first one is Horizon Line. It's particularly, uh, so I think Horizon Lime. Horizon Line, as in. Oh, I think you said Horizon Lime. I was like, well, that's one of Paul's. Oh, Horizon Line. Sorry, my nose is a bit dim. <laughs> The line of the horizon, horizon line. Uh, that that kind of suggests it's bang in the middle to me. As in, it's the, the line between... No, don't, don't overthink it, Stu. It'll, it never has that sort of principle to it. Well, it, it could. It, it's a choice of between either that, that it's bang in the middle, or essentially horizon line as in laid down, as in... Makes fall over. Knocks you, knocks you down to the horizon. <laughs> Uh, um, I'm gonna, I'm, I'm gonna throw in. Sorry, I'll throw in, throw in a double IPA at eight percent. Okay. Who wants to go next? It, it, the, when you said it first time before we like went over like what it was called and stuff, I was feeling that that was real light. Um, so I'm feeling like a pale. Like a pale ale, uh, and I'm feeling like also quite light on the ABV. Five uh, percent. Okay. Paul. I can never work, quite work out if his internet's gone to shit or whether he's or he's thinking. He's like. <laughs> it, definitely, it definitely did go to shit. I didn't even hear Stu's guess. So, wow. so I'm going into this. The I'm going went into blind. 
Um, he's cracked this ten percent beer and he's absolute bollocks after smelling it. Is the it's the it's the hoppiness that's like smacked me around the chops as we discussed. So I think Matt has I think Matt has surreptitiously left us a hint within his within his explanations during the podcast. In that he's, uh, he's very much into his sour IPAs at the moment. So I reckon it's a sour IPA. And I'll go 6.2. Okay. Right. So, it's a Wyland beer. It's just a standard IPA. It is, however, 6.1. <laughs> So, uh, right, so 6.1 was the starter there. The next one is Muddle. Muddle. Well, seeing as Paul almost nailed the ABV, surely Paul leads off on this one. Yep. So, muddle. I'm thinking dark. <laughs> I'm going to go a bit wild. I'm going to go a bit out there. I'm going to go for a smoked porter. And I'm going to go 5.8. See, weirdly, I, I'd thought about going as going in with a porter. So, I'll go in with just a standard porter. Um, ever so slightly higher, 6.3. Okay. Steve? On the back of Paul's last style guess, the muddle would also suit the sour IPA. So... I'll I'll go in sour IPA at five point six. Excellent. Well, Stew is the closest with the style. It is an IPA, not a sour IPA. Well, just the standard IPA. Stigbergets, which was a Swedish brewery. I'm I'm expanding my pontiness to uh, to the Nordic lands now, uh, and it is. Seven percent. So I think Mr. Cook gets that one. Right then. Next one. Oh. Try and remember this one. This one is called and I haven't all of a sudden gone Canadian on you. It's a bat oat of hell. A bat oat of hell. Oat as in, you know, if you're having a bit of uh, porridge. So, bat oat of hell. So, I'm thinking oat milk stout. And I'm thinking, I want to go big. 9%, so higher. Okay. 
what is Abney's thinking on that one? Yeah. I don't think it's as high, but I will also go with the oat milk stout, uh, and I'll go for 7.2. Okay. I think the style is, is pretty much sewn up in the sense of it's got to have oats involved in it somewhere. And oat milk stout seems to be the only thing I can think of to do with oats. So I'll stick with that. Um, but just because it's an oat milk stout doesn't mean it has to be high. So I'm gonna go in at I'm gonna go in at four and a half. Excellent. You're all wrong with the oat milk stout. <laughs> it is a double dry hopped oat pale made by the Weird Beard Company. It is, however, 4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mr. Woodmancy gets that one. Ooh, are, we, are we one apiece? One's each, all, all as we kind of go into this one. Right. Should we just do this win, winner takes all? I can leave the fifth one to another time for another time. We'll do winner takes all on this as well. Ooh, the jeopardy, the suspense. All right. <laughs> this one is fruit shoot aptitude. Fruit shoot aptitude. Um. Do you say brute shoot aptitude? Fruit. 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 Oh. As in a fruit bowl. Shoot oh. aptitude. I thought you said brute and I was like, oh, it's a brute IPA. Sorted. Next one, <laughs> candy. Um, yeah. right. Brute shoot aptitude. Stu, have you got your... Um, no, this it has to be a, has to be a fruit-based beverage. Um, I'm, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna go seven percent on this one, and the fact that we've been talking about triple fruited gozes all night, it has to be some kind of fruited, fruited beer of some description. But I'm struggling to come up with a, a style because I'm just all I'm thinking about, to be honest, is. is this, I'll be fair. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just going to go to 7% and I'm not sure about the style. Okay then. And you're pulled. I'm in the, I'm in the same camp, so I'll just, I'll just, uh, I'll, I'll go with the triple fruited goes. A um, little bit higher than Stu, I think 7.5. Okay. So... I'll go with a fruited sour and I'll go five and a half percent. Mr. Williams takes it on on ABV because it's a 4.5 but none of you get the right style. It is a tropical IPA uh, from 71 Brewing. I don't know how it found its way into my fridge, but it's in there. Um, 
And that, that's, what you, that's what you tell the wife, and that's the story, and you're sticking to it. <laughs> has it Matt, has it, I mean, reached, has it reached that stage now where there is a percentage of beers that you pull out where you're like, no idea where this has come from? Um, I think my, my sister got me, like, two lots of, um, like, 25 cans from, you know, those, like, subscription kind of things where they do your mixed box, mixed thing. And that's why the, the, the fridge is so full, because she got me that for birthday and Christmas. But, yeah, there's somewhere I look at it, I'm like, did I buy this? And then look at it and think, why on earth would I have bought this? This is not a beer that I would buy, kind of thing. Um, but, yeah, yeah, it's kind of, sometimes I look at it, I'm like, there's some of them where I generally look at them and think, I could have bought this, like, two or three years ago, and it's still kind of, because it's a stout or a porter, and it's got a, an end life of, like, 2028 20, or 2035, as I found one while a while ago. Um I thought, well, I'm not going to drink that when the one's going to go out of date next week, um, even though I really want to drink it. This is the point where I'm not going to give away all of Matt's personal details, but that is dedication to the date ordering of the stash on the basis that when he says that his sister bought him stuff for birthday and Christmas, I mean, it's not exactly like they're a month apart either, is it? Like, do you know, like... <laughs> and, and the thing is, though, the, the, I'm saying birthday and Christmas. I'm not saying the birthday that was like... A month ago, it's the birthday before that. <laughs> to be fair, I didn't cash the voucher in for like two or three months, so it's kind of not quite as bad as that. But still, it was kind of thing. <laughs> just, just for my for, for my final piece of uh, North Brewing product placement on the podcast, this this is the mango triple fruit goes for the YouTube viewers. Look at that. The thickness and the fruit juice element to that—that—that that, that is an absolute delight. That was that was that was particularly awesome this weekend at the uh, at Springwell as well. And uh, we're heading into uh, any other beerness. Um, I think we've kind of got one big thing to talk about. Um, in the past month, the. You know, as it, one of the first, we went to when we went to craft beer calling, there was like the people who were some suppliers, and they had like a sticker or something like that, and it was this robot drinking beer saying "craft beer will eat itself." And in the past month, we kind of had it headed in that direction. Yeah, I think if if for those for those of you who've had their head under a rock or something for the past month, um, you might. There's been there's been several controversies as it's kind of opened out. As some of the bigger breweries have started putting their beers into supermarkets. So it started with Cloudwater uh, putting in some of their well, especially brewed for Tesco, um, and then they did a box with some smaller breweries, um, kind of looking at kind of like minority groups. Um, so one was was it Queer Brewing. Um, there was um, something with uh, with uh, um, a couple of brewers that were black, um, and and kind of different kind of cha- um, breweries that do cha- like kind of charity work and stuff like that. I think, um, and then there's this big old hoo ha about it about well, well you know you know you're not going to be storing the beers at ten degrees and it's going to spoil the beer and all this kind of thing, and this big old kickoff about it. Um, then Vault City announced that they were putting two beers into Tesco as well and then Magic Rock I think Magic Rock have had beers in in 
in in Marx's and Tesco already, but they've announced that they're putting more into the thing. What are our feelings on this, gents? Because <laughs> I could sit on the fence or I could dive straight off it. <laughs> I am I'm, I'm a bit indifferent, really, because I think the last just the general conditions for everybody on the planet in the last 18 months has kind of swayed me somewhat because the only place you're allowed to go or the only place you have been allowed to go is the supermarket so if I'm going to buy a beer that I'm going to enjoy drinking at the only place I'm physically allowed to go to in the 18 months who's who's going to tell me I'm wrong for doing that do you know what I mean like I don't understand that but then at the same time within that time period some of the breweries have st- really stepped up their game in terms of getting stuff out direct to the consumer. So, North, for example, the fact that we've all done an online beer tasting before Christmas. It's essentially, we had like a Christmas party without ever leaving the house. And, like, my wife is. My, well, <laughs> I was say, my, my, my wife is very much a, a witness to that on the basis that. I was sat exactly where I am now for for our, our Christmas gathering, and then uh, went to bed, which is just in the wall behind me, without ever bothering anybody without having to buy a taxi or or, or, or anything. Um, so some some places have really upped their game, and I feel like the places that haven't are the places that uh, you know are, are going to have the most grievance because it's like, well, if you if you bothered to actually get in touch with the consumers. Or if you bothered to maybe, you know, if, if there was any way that you could get yourselves into a supermarket. Now, I'm not going to pretend that I know that that's an easy route to go. Um, I, I have no idea what that entails. But it, it's one of them where, like, like you said, Matt, the the, the box that um, Cloudwater have put into Tesco's that's caused all this controversy. They've partnered up with four smaller breweries. So that, that it's not just straight up Cloudwater beers that have gone in. There are a few. Cloudwater have made it their mission to highlight these smaller breweries and people have complained because one of Cloudwater's initial things was beer has to be stored at a certain temperature from production all the way through to drinking to keep it at a certain quality whereas Tesco's will only ever put it straight onto the shelves if that's the case and if that's if that's what you genuinely believe it's quite simple don't buy the beer but if you want to broaden your horizons and actually try beers from these four smaller breweries now let's be fair the the breweries that are in it I've never had a beer of theirs ever but when I went and did my shopping last weekend or the weekend before whenever it was and I saw this beer in Tesco's and I'm lucky enough that I've you know I I like the cloud water I knew cloud water before been to the tap room once of course I'm going to buy it. And of course I'm going to then sort of, you know, see the, see the output of these smaller breweries. So for me personally, um, you know, views of my own and not necessarily that of the podcast and all the rest of it. If, if, if you are complaining that these smaller breweries have jumped at this chance to get their, their, their beers into essentially one of the biggest shops in the entire country for a bit of exposure, if you are complaining about the fact that these, these guys are trying to go, like better themselves, essentially, like what planet are you on? I think, I think this, is the, and, you know, this is the kind of 
it's it's the it's the fine line that that's there at the moment with craft beer because it's kind of taking the place of of real ale and camera as the sanctimonious arsehole about beer and God, you kind of this kind of way that, and I think maybe it's sometimes the groups of people that are into it as well. They're perhaps a little bit younger. They're perhaps a little bit more active on social media, that kind of thing. I just think, you know, if if you want to drink, if you want to drink, hey, if you want to drink beer that's been stored at ten degrees in a nice little cubby hole somewhere, then go to go to your local ale, like your, your local brew brew shop. You know, I know, I know that I'm outside, obviously, at the time being. Just saying. <laughs> well, but if, if it's a shop, you can order it and collect it and stuff like that. Um, so I know that I can, if I if I if I'm going to be choosy, I can go to Coppers, I can go to Nord, I can go to Block and Bottle, I can go to Sand Trail, I can go to all my beer shops, and I can go and get the the one-off nerdy pretentious beers that I want to drink. But if I want to try something different or, you know, you've got to think where, how did I get, how did I get myself into this state? Well, obviously I tried some beers that, that I perhaps wouldn't have tried before. And that's what these breweries want. And I think, you know, I don't care if it's, you know, we want these breweries to survive. And the past year has put them in a position that they might not survive. And, and that includes your kind of cloud water and Wylums and, you know, north and big breweries that you know that that have a massive turnover there. So, so what if they kind of put two beers into Tesco? You don't have to drink it. Don't be a dick about it. You don't have to drink it. No one's standing there going, "This is the only place that you can buy cloud water from now." You know, yeah, I think that's what it falls down to as well, isn't it? Like, if people are so, if people are so like angered by it and stuff like that. Surely it just drives them to put more business into the, into their local craft beer dispensary or whatever, and it maybe just it maybe just makes them think, oh well, I'll I'll avoid cloud water now, and I'll go for more local based breweries or whatever. So yeah, if, if I suppose in that regard, it sort of it, it might be bad for cloud water from a, an individual perspective, but. From a consumer perspective, they're going to get more business anyway, and and fair play to them because obviously they've got to the point now where their their production's got large enough where they can actually supply a, a national superstar. That well, take their beers on. This this is point two of the controversy, Mister Williams, because the the cloud water beers that are in Tesco, um, other supermarkets are available. Is well, you can't buy cloud water in them. <laughs> yeah, right. Although you can buy Magic Rock and Asda now, so you know whatever. Um, the, con- the controversy is that the the beers that have been brewed to go into Tesco's have actually been brewed on the Brewdog kit up in Ellen in Scotland. So you know the Brewdog, those those people that introduced everybody to the craft beer scene in the first instance for for the majority of uh, the current generation, I would say, of, of craft beer drinkers. And now, essentially, that band that everybody knew before they were they, they were big, and now they're big. Ooh, ooh, don't like them anymore. Like, the I'm not gonna. That you're saying that the Coldplay craft brewing. What you're saying? I mean, I, I, Coldplay I, I, would never tie you though, would they? 
Pizza is definitely a better example there. Well, I, w- I was gonna, f- I was gonna throw it to you, Paul, and say it was the killer's reference. If you saw the moon fibbers, and now that they're as big as they are, they're just absolute shite. But um, yeah, I've seen the moon fibbers, and I could go see them at the Riverside Stadium if I really wanted to. So well, you know. don't, yeah, don't, don't <laughs> our Riverside Roundup podcast is the. Uh... <laughs> Uh, I'm looking forward to when you cover that that one on the uh, the Riverside Roundup poll in the uh, in the close. It'll season. be a it'll be a subscriber only special. It'll be behind the Patreon window. It'll yeah. be on the cutting room floor. Is where it'll be. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't I, think you'd be saying that Metallica were playing at the River Dance, I, you, I, you I, bastard. I, I think I've lost the audio for that, so I won't be able to put it on the video. <laughs> Speaking of Metallica, lost, I believe there's a the petition audio, to... It's just a video uh, of us four, but the three of us just doing that to Paul is the... Uh... <laughs> I believe there is currently a petition circulating to get Metallica to play the next uh, Super Bowl halftime show. Oh, excellent. Absolutely. But, I, like, this is this is the thing. So, so moving on from, from what Matt said about, like, thoughts on um, the fact that they've gone into Tesco's to begin with, but, I, like... Thoughts on the fact that one brewery has used another brewery's kit because it's much bigger and more suitable to mass production to essentially get that window. Like it, it that's like I, I feel like we're we're encroaching on some kind of Inception style shit going on. Well, does it does it open up the question of when does craft beer stop being craft beer? Yeah, because was the whole point of craft beer not small batch, different like different brewing process, different recipes each brew, so that you oh, never get the same beer think, represented every time. I think, I think the thing that. for me is is that like 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 you know like I said at the start, if 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 you know if Cloudwater want to go into you know want to mass produce stuff, and you know it goes for the same venue. The the dirty little secret in all of this is is the fact that. You walk into Morrison's, all your favourite craft beers, craft beer breweries, have got a beer at least on the shelf. You can walk in, I could walk in tomorrow, I could see Brew York, Northern Monk, you know, about 10, 10 of them with, with beers on the shelf. And there's no who are kicked up. I think sometimes it's the attitude of the brewery. And cloud water kind of tread on that edge of being slightly sanctimonious about things. Um, but I don't know. You know, if 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 it means you take that you take that you take that Tesco contract to mass produce your double IPA or you know whichever three or four are in there, and that keeps your brewery going, so then you can keep on making troubles, which is a fucking awesome beer. Um, then. I haven't got that much of a problem with it. I'm with you on that. Hundred um, percent. If like like you I, said, I think some, some, the, those smaller breweries that have struggled in the last sort of twelve to eighteen months because of the way the way of the world, if they've managed to get a collaboration into Tesco's, which means that they can survive for another six to eight months before they can, you know they can start being self sufficient again. Why why has anybody got a problem with that? I really yeah. do not understand. The the the, the, the it's it's that line of you know we discussed it before when Magic Rock took Heineken Heineken money yeah. uh-huh. um, and Beaver Town took Bud was it Budweiser um, whoever owns I don't know I don't, I don't know if it, Budweiser they took, 
they talk about that. Bush, that's it, yeah. That's when I start to get a little bit, well, is the quality going to go down? Because that, that's what I'm bothered about. Yeah. Are you still going to produce decent beer at high quality? Is it going to taste the same? Because if you're going to take money from Bush or you're going to take money from Heineken or whoever else, but then your beer quality is going to go down, then I'm not going to drink your beer anymore. Now, that that's the point as well, to answer Paul's question. That is the point I would say that craft beer stops being craft beer because if you've if you've worked and worked and worked at a recipe and you know you've you've got to that point whereby this this is the beer this is exactly how you like it if you then all of a sudden have the function to be able to produce that at double the capacity that you used to it's still the beer that you've made yes it's produced on a bigger scale but you've you you've worked to get it to that level of quality and if you can keep that level of quality but it's just produced over a larger scale that's still craft beer to me yeah I think you know just on the final kind of thing you know I took a little bit of a shot at cloud water because they can be a little bit I think but they're supporting small breweries um, and um, kind of on it on, to take that like into another thing um, there's a local brewery to kind of local it's in the northeast uh, called hops and dots um and it's a guy who i met just before lockdown because i've traveled to, to durham because he, he'd done a nanaimo bar stout which was absolutely fantastic um and he's a he's a teacher who does um who, who works with people who are deaf aren't they um and a lot of his beers are to do with braille Blind, no, blind, um, yeah. Uh, um, so a lot of his beers are to do with braille. The, the the cans come with braille on them, and he's gone through a hard time through this past year because his distributions kind of obviously just him. Um, you know, there's been times when I've ordered a beer from him. I've ordered quite a pack of beers, and he's like, "Well, I'm coming up to the, I'm coming up to Newcastle, so I'll just drop it off for you." And there, it's there on on the doorstep. Um, so he's done a fundraiser, uh, a crowdfunder. Um, it's it smashed through its initial target, then he's extended the target, um, and the guy who owns Cloudwater has donated a shit ton of cash to to him um, to kind of keep him going and stuff like that. With no kind of questions asked, nothing back from him. Possibly he'll be in a collab box in the future, but <laughs> hey, if that gets, I think I think the guy's name's Mark. If that gets his beers out and actually shows what he does as well. Because it's quite a you know it's quite a unique thing that all of his beers have the braille so that you know you can read what the what the name of the beer is you can read what the ABV is all that kind of thing um, then you know if, if you're using if you're using the money that you've got from Tesco for good then I'm I'm, I'm kind of more than happy with that but go and give Hops and Dots a, a good look at um, I'm sure we could probably talk about them in the future. Uh, do you want to buy a speedboat? Is an absolutely fantastic pale ale. It's and and the, the the naming of it is fantastic. I think I think we've we've already covered the fact that that there's probably with just within this any of a business sort of section of the podcast. There's two or three breweries we could we could uh, certainly pencil in for future future episodes already. Oh, definitely, definitely. And anybody got anything else? Ooh. Oh, oh, yes. I, I, I did. 
<laughs> weirdly obviously we're, we're focusing on the uh, on the beer um but i i wanted to just um give north a, a bit of a shout out and just say the uh as far as as far as I was concerned, as a non-drinker, I know North don't do a, a non-alcoholic, but they do uh, they do make up for that by stocking one of my absolute favourite non-alcoholic beers, which is uh, the Coast. Uh, the Coast stuff is I have to have Coast in the fridge no matter what. It's like having um, some of the Tiny Rebel stuff. If you open my fridge door, it, it's always there. Coast and Tiny Rebel are, uh, are always going to be there. So. From a, from a non-alcoholic perspective, um, but just as an experience, just go in there, the way that they're doing the social distancing, the way they're doing the outside um, drinking, the, the system they've got for, uh, I, Paul pointed this out at the time, but when you order, your drinks are on your table, cracked open, ready to rock and roll, within about 90 seconds it was an insane yeah. level of service you weren't being you weren't you were ordering with one person somebody else was bringing you drinks they were like running sort of like teams and stuff service was absolutely phenomenal there was points where you know it's like oh sorry can we just get another glass guy I mean, and these people were literally disappearing and reappearing with what you've asked for um I, I was saying, like, obviously, you, you're drinking a lot, so, you know, a few trips to the toilets. I think I went to the toilet, like, three or four times. Two of the times I was in the toilets, people were cleaning the toilets. Just, um, the, they they had um, some, uh, like, I've, I've been referring to it as, like, street food on site, and it's hands down uh, one of the best meals I've eaten in, in quite some time. Uh, I think. Did you mention that they've done a, a collab beer with uh, with Bow yeah. Boy? Um, yeah, it's, so little it's little Bow Boy. They're the people that have the um, the food in the tap room in the city centre, and they've they've uh, they've kept with those guys, and they've they've had the, the sort of I don't know if it's a contract or whatever, but they've they've got the food situation sort of sewn up at the uh, at the tap at the you know the new tap room at Springwell. But again, like. I'm, I'm pleased you actually mentioned this because I was quite happy to say no, there's nothing else. But the, the level of service, considering that the weekend that we visited was only the second weekend that they've been open, and also as well, they're not open during the week, as far as I'm aware. It is just Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Yep. So the day that we visited was would have been the fifth day that they'd been open, and to have that down so tightly as they did in terms of, like you said, the service, there was. I mean, I mean, this may be the beer talking from the actual day itself, but I don't remember there was a point where my glass was particularly empty for long. It was a case of, oh, you've nearly finished. Would you like another one? Yeah, the, kind of thing. yeah, they, that was that was another thing. It wasn't like you were sat like, oh, oh, oh you know, oh, can we get some? It was if you, if the, if glasses were empty, they were taking them away. There were you know, glasses were coming back, you know, with with every round. It wasn't like oh, you know, just stick another one in there sort of thing, and. Yeah, very rarely was there many empty glasses on the table. So, like I say, I just wanted to to sort of give them a shout out to say that uh, from from my perspective, absolutely smashing it out of the park. Definitely somewhere I'd be happy to visit again. And that's you know, as I always say, as a as a non-alcoholic drinker, I'd still be more than happy to go back. Excellent. Wow. Yeah. Nobody else has got any. Kind of any any other business, we'll uh, we'll tie it up there. Well, thank you very much, gents. Always good to share a beverage. 
over a podcast. Indeed. And uh, yeah, we'll see everybody again soon. Cheers. 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 So there you go, what do you think of that? Big shout out to uh, North Brewing and uh, and the Springwell Brewery. Uh, I, I honestly, as as I said in the podcast, can't say enough about uh, about the experience. It was fantastic. If you're checking us out on YouTube, be a love and subscribe makes uh, makes everybody happy. If you're listening to us, hi, and uh, also subscribe. Whether it's SoundCloud, iTunes, or anywhere, anywhere you get your podcasts. Click a subscribe button and let us know how much you love the podcast. So there we go, that's it for this one. Uh, check back in uh, in with us in a month's time when we'll have another brewery and uh, more thoughts on the beer. Until then, I'm going to say bye and I'll see you then. Bye bye.